I'm Tandy Wang, and you're listening to The Beacon, the Oxford International Relations Society podcast. It's the 7th of May, and I'm speaking with Professor Amin Saikal, University Distinguished Professor of Political Science and Director of the Centre for Arab and Islamic Studies at the Australian National University. Amin is a leading scholar of international relations in the Middle East, is the author of many books on the region, including most recently Iran at the Crossroads, and has co-led the first Australia-Iran dialogue in over a decade. Today, I'll be speaking to Amin about the Iran nuclear deal. Amin, thank you for taking the time to speak to me. My pleasure. Um, could we begin just with a quick recap of what the Iran deal is and what's so significant about May the 12th? Well, this is a deal which was negotiated uh, between uh, the Islamic Republic of Iran and the five permanent members of the uh, United Nations Security Council uh, plus Germany in uh, July 2015. Um, the, the Iranians agreed to curb their uh, uh, nuclear program uh, in return for the lifting of all sanctions. Uh, and uh, the United Nations Security Council passed a resolution uh, shortly after the signing of the agreement, uh, basic, uh, endorsing the agreement and also lifting all UN uh, sanctions against Iran. Uh, but of course, uh, the United States only left it to those sanctions, uh, but not the ones uh, which uh, uh, Washington claimed to, to be uh, in relation to, to Iran's uh, uh, human rights violations and the support of terrorism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what is so significant about the, the 12th of May? for the Iran deal? Uh, well, the President Trump has opposed the Iran deal as something insane, which the Obama administration should have never really signed, and uh, he has uh, uh, threatened to, to withdraw uh, the United States uh, from this multilateral agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, uh, and uh, every uh, three months, uh, the uh, American president is supposed to uh, recommend his endorsement uh, to the Congress. Uh, he's done it uh, uh, twice, uh, but now for a third time, he has said that, that he is not going to really endorse it uh, unless um, the uh, agreement is renegotiated, uh, which could uh, remove uh, some of his uh, major concerns. And some of his concerns are related to, to the agreement, and the others are not. For example, he would like to really see the removal of the sunset clauses uh, from the agreement, and so that Iran will never be able to opt for um, uh, military nuclear uh, production. Uh, but the other uh, 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 issues that concerns him is Iran's expanding missile industry, uh, which he definitely wants to be curbed, particularly ballistic missiles. Mm-hmm. And uh, further, he would like to really see the Iranian influence in the region uh, retrench. And in that, of course, he's been very much uh, uh, supported by the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu, who's also opposed the deal uh, as a worst uh, deal of the century for over a long period of time. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that position, to some extent, is also really shared uh, by Saudi Arabia and uh, some of its uh, partners in the Gulf Cooperation uh, Council. Of course, uh, uh, Israel is the archenemy of Iran, and, is, uh, uh, and Israel has all, always wanted to uh, be the only power with nuclear uh, capability, military capability in the region and does not really wish to see another really power with that sort of capability, which could possibly uh, be in a position to uh, resist uh, Israel. Right. Um, And so you've highlighted some of um, 
these criticisms of the deal, including the sunset clauses, including the fact that it doesn't really deal with ballistic missiles. I'm wondering what you think about the, validi the validity of those criticisms and whether you think um, withdrawing from the deal or putting the deal at risk is worth trying to have those um, terms put into the agreement. Well, I think this was a deal which was negotiated uh, between Iran and uh, all other world powers, mm -hmm. or, or most of the world powers. And uh, it is a multilateral agreement. It's not an agreement just between Iran and the United States. And uh, uh, the other signatories to the agreement uh, have made it absolutely clear that uh, uh, they will maintain their support of the agreement, uh, for the agreement. And uh, uh, Iran has abided by the terms of the agreement. And also the Iranian position is uh, verified by the International Atomic Energy Agency. Uh, it, it, uh, I, I, I personally think that uh, it would be absolutely uh, wrong of uh, President Trump uh, to withdraw the United States from this deal because it can have serious consequences. Uh, there is a snap uh, back clause mm -hmm. in the agreement which applies to all sides and the Iranians have stated that there is uh, they are not going to agree to any renegotiation of this uh, agreement and also they have the option of uh, making use of this uh, snap back clause uh, to uh, uh, reinstate uh, their nuclear program uh, to its uh, pre-nuclear agreement status and to possibly also advance uh, install more advanced uh, um, uh, centrifuges and, in fact, uh, uh, go ahead with the progress of the nuclear program, which uh, President uh, Trump has said that that will, uh, then Iran will be in huge uh, trouble mm -hmm. uh, or will face uh, huge problems, uh, uh, which could, the, uh, could possibly uh, result in uh, a military confrontation, uh, which uh, could be disastrous not only uh, for Iran, but also for the region and for the American interests in the area. Mm. So if Iran were to engage in snapback, um, I guess, returns and, and re-nuclearize or re-engage in nuclearization, wouldn't that violate uh, the support that the other JCPOA signatories have given to the agreement? And so in effect, are you suggesting that um, if America does reimpose sanctions, that the whole deal would collapse? even when the other signatories are? Uh, well, I think Iran still has the option of uh, retaining uh, the agreement mm -hmm. uh, because as long as the other signatories they remain loyal to their commitment, and of course they've said that they would, mm -hmm. um, uh, in which case uh, Iran does not, uh, the, the, the agreement doesn't have to really collapse. Uh, but at the same time, if uh, President Trump uh, accompanies uh, uh, America's withdrawal from the agreement uh, with not only imposing uh, sanctions or reimposing sanctions, uh, but also uh, imposing harsher sanctions uh, which could have extraterritorial implications, that is to prevent mm -hmm. um, third parties from doing business uh, with Iran, uh, then that will uh, obviously uh, have uh, would create uh, a lot of problem uh, for Iran, particularly economic uh, uh, problems for, for Iran. And the Iranians will still have the option of using the uh, snap 
back clause. Uh, but uh, on the other hand, my personal hunch at this point is that probably Iran uh, will uh, remain uh, committed to, to the agreement um, uh, with the support of all other signatories apart from the United States. And also Iran has managed over the years uh, to diversify its economy, diversify its trades, and to be able to really cope uh, with the consequences that uh, of, uh, the reimposition of uh, American sanctions uh, may create, and even uh, the, the possibly uh, the extraterritorial sanctions that uh, Trump uh, may uh, seek to impose. So on this topic, you've brought in Iran's domestic political situation. I wonder if you can contextualise that a little bit more fully. Um, you've said that Iran has developed the capacity to cope with US sanctions. Will that uh, change in any way if the US does withdraw from the Iran deal? Well, the Iranian president overnight has made it clear that's not going to have any major impact. Obviously going to have some impact, but it's not going to have really a major impact. Let's not forget that Iran has been living under sanctions uh, since 1979. Um, and sometimes these sanctions have been incredibly harsh, but other times they have been not perhaps as influential in terms of achieving their objectives. And the Iranians have been able to really cope with that. And also the Iranian people have developed a, a culture now that they've got very much used to uh, international sanctions and to some extent international isolation. Um, uh, and for, for, for that reason, I uh, expect uh, Iran uh, to be able to cope with the uh, reimposition of the uh, sanctions, uh, but it can uh, play into the hands of uh, hardliners in Iranian uh, politics, because as you know, uh, there are different uh, factions operating within the Islamic framework. Uh, that uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, the founder of uh, Islamic Republic of Iran, uh, laid down for um, uh, Iranian uh, uh, political evolution. Uh, uh, you know, you have got the uh, hardliners, or what you really call the traditionalists, and they are very much inward-looking, and they are not very, uh, very, uh, very much in favor of opening up to the United States, which they view as a hegemonic power. And of course, they have often really cited uh, America's uh, intervention in 1953 and uh, in the overthrow of the elected reformist government of Dr. Mohammad Mossadegh, and uh, America's support of the Shahs uh, to basically rule. Iran at the behest of the United States and the behest of the American interest, and they have uh, uh, also uh, been very much uh, uh, concerned about uh, uh, America's constant threat of regime change and America's support for Israel and Israel, Israeli threats of regime changes and attacks on Iran. Um, the, the, um, so the, uh, if the United States would draw uh, from, uh, the, uh, from the deal, uh, then obviously it could embolden certain elements within the Iranian hardliners uh, to tell their uh, moderate reformist uh, uh, counterparts, that, uh, which is led by uh, the current uh, President uh, Hassan Rouhani, uh, that uh, we told you that you should never really trust the United States, and uh, the, therefore the United States is our, our number one enemy, and uh, the it is a, a no uh, a, a right time uh, to basically renew uh, the uh, Iranian hostility towards the United States and to do whatever really possible to uh, um, undermine America's position uh, in the region. Mm. Um, absent the U.S. withdrawal, though, hasn't the Iran deal already impacted um, Rouhani's position? Um, because my understanding is that 
there was a belief that with the lifting of sanctions, Iran's economy would improve, but it has not improved to what would be expected. So has the Iran deal, even prior to the threats of US withdrawal, already impacted Iranian domestic politics? Well, the, Iran, the nuclear deal has not really brought the benefits uh, uh, which uh, a majority of the Iranian public had expected. Mm. And, uh, and it was, of, of course, on the basis of this sort of expectation uh, that Rouhani and his foreign minister, Jawad Zarif, uh, were able to sell the agreement to the Iranian people. But at the same time, of course, um, Iran had a windfall of $100 billion by signing the agreement. And uh, furthermore, uh, Iran has resumed its exports of oil uh, to the European Union, which uh, had been banned before that. Um, and uh, Iran has already signed uh, some lucrative um, economic agreements with the core European uh, countries. Uh, and um, furthermore, uh, there has been some European investments which have already come into Iran. Uh, I mean, the, for example, the French Total Company has signed a $5 billion um, uh, agreement with Iran to exploit the country's gas and oil and so on, and in the gas and oil industry. Um, uh, but uh, the benefits of the uh, agreement has not trickled down uh, to, to the Iranian public to the extent uh, that they had really expected. And of course, that have made many Iranians to become quite really disillusioned uh, with the uh, um, with their government and, of course, uh, with the uh, Rouhani's uh, government, for that matter. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, the recent uh, uh, the protests which really took place uh, uh, to, to, towards the end of last year and beginning of this year, uh, which started in Mashhad, uh, they were uh, actually very much limited in scope. They were not really uh, on the scale which could possibly threaten uh, the regime. There certainly there was a, critic, uh, um, a, a lot of criticism of the regime, and particularly the supreme uh, leader, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, who is supposed to be uh, quarantined against any uh, form of public uh, criticism. Uh, but uh, on the whole, the Iranian authorities were able to uh, bring that situation under control. And I think that the regime is uh, uh, well entrenched to be able to uh, deal with uh, any public uh, uprisings and also, for that matter, to confront any attacks which may, be, may occur on it from outside because Iran has developed an asymmetrical military strategy and with a network of groups in the region to be able to inflict or at least make an attack on it very costly for its perpetrator. Right. Um, and moving out of Iran domestically and I guess to the border, Foreign, the broader region. Um, you've mentioned Yanyahu's opposition to the Iran deal. I'm wondering, um, in the absence of an Iran deal uh, or a weakened Iran deal, what benefits Israel gains um, in terms of Iran then being able to pursue nuclearization? Um, how, do, how do countries like Israel and those that oppose the Iran deal intend to prevent nuclearization of Iran in the absence of the Iran deal? I think that's a very good question. And I think uh, Netanyahu, to me, appears that, that he's counting on the 
possibility of uh, a military confrontation between the United States and Iran uh, in the wake of the American withdrawal from the uh, agreement and the Iranian response by resuming their uh, nuclear program in full capacity, mm. uh, which uh, perhaps the United States may not really tolerate that, and that could result in a military confrontation. Netanyahu would love to really see uh, the United States uh, going for a blanket bombing of uh, Iranian um, nuclear and military uh, installations. But the Iranian side also knows that, and the Iranian side uh, has been really preparing for this sort of possibility over a long period of time. Uh, Iran does not have the same firepower as Israel, or for that matter, as the United States, but it has uh, the necessary capability to be able to uh, respond to any attacks, and uh, also uh, there is uh, always the risk of uh, uh, setting the whole uh, region in flame, uh, which uh, uh, through not only Iran's direct action, but also indirect action through uh, proxy groups. Mm. So I suppose uh, even without sort of major conflict um, uh, arising, if Iran were to resume its nuclear program, I guess what does a post-Iran deal legacy look like for the US or for Israel in trying to prevent well, I think uh, it is uh, not going to really help uh, either Israel or the United States. I mean, I think this uh, uh, this agreement uh, uh, has been uh, uh, successful in terms of preventing Iran uh, from uh, uh, going down the path of uh, um, uh, uh, d- d- developing an, an, a nuclear military capability um, or a military nuclear capability. Um, I mean, the, the International Atomic Energy Agency once pointed out that Iran, uh, they had detected some uh, activities uh, in relation to a military program in Iran, uh, but uh, uh, at the same time, the U.S. Uh, intelligence estimates um, made it absolutely clear in a statement in 2007 and that Iran stopped its uh, military nuclear program in 2003, and there has been absolutely no um, movement in that direction ever since. I think uh, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, has been making a lot of uh, theatrical scenes uh, 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 and he's been basically egging on uh, the Trump administration uh, to uh, withdraw from this uh, uh, deal and uh, possibly prepare for a confrontation Mm. with Iran, uh, which I think uh, would be really disastrous uh, for all sides, not just Iran. Given how disastrous it is, how likely do you really think that there would be a direct confrontation? And if it were to occur, how likely would it be to turn out to be quite a protracted conflict that lasts several years? I think, the, the I think the Iranians uh, would be very keen uh, not to engage in a military confrontation, and I think uh, they know that it could also be very damaging uh, to Iran itself. Uh, of, of course, that uh, uh, does not mean that, that there is not a particular group within uh, the Iranian administration which would not really uh, possibly even welcome a confrontation uh, with the uh, United, uh, United States. Uh, but uh, I, th- uh, I think... Uh, uh, it is uh, the, uh, the Trump administration has been very, very provocative, and uh, and uh, uh, the Israelis have been very provocative, and uh, of course, uh, to some extent, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia has really sided uh, with uh, with them on this issue. 
um, so, so there is uh, always uh, a chance of uh, uh, the military confrontation uh, either through accidents or the deliberate uh, uh, planning on the part of the United States in Israel. Um, I think the whole objective is how to uh, basically weaken Iran as a uh, inf uh, emerging influential actor in the region. Uh, let's not forget that Iran is now a very influential actor in Iraq, as well as in Syria and Lebanon, and also it has uh, certain leverage uh, through uh, the Houthis, uh, uh, Houthi rebels in the Yemen, uh, and uh, I I Iran also uh, uh, has uh, uh, been able to uh, cultivate a fairly strong influence in the neighboring Afghanistan. So if the U.S. is kind of tussling with Iran for influence in the region, what implications does the withdrawal from the Iran deal have for the U.S.'s ongoing presence and influence within the region? Well, I think the whole objective of the United States, and for that matter, you know, Israel, would be to uh, weaken Iran mm -hmm. to the extent to which it uh, uh, is no longer uh, to be able to uh, act as a uh, influential uh, regional player. I think that that, that is the the, the the whole objective, mm -hmm. and of course, uh, uh, Saudi Arabia, which is a rival of the United States, of uh, Islamic Republic of Iran in the region, uh, also would also uh, be very much interested in seeing Iran uh, weakening uh, as much uh, as possible. Uh, so, so I think uh, the calculation in uh, um, uh, on the part of the Israeli and American leaderships is uh, that Iran has become uh, too influential and uh, with the presence of the Iranian forces and support of the Assad regime uh, to just uh, uh, on the uh, Israeli side of the border. And of course uh, that in conjunction uh, with the presence of Hezbollah in Lebanon and also Hezbollah's activities in uh, Syria uh, have become a major source of concern for the Israelis. Israelis do not want to really see Iran establishing a military basis in Syria. Uh, but uh, it's not only Iran that has uh, got a very strong military presence in Syria, it's also Russia. And uh, uh, the, the, it, it is interesting that Netanyahu has not been really, uh, very much critical uh, of uh, Russia. And uh, the Iranians and the Russians are, are uh, uh, working in close coordination, uh, close military coordination with one another uh, in Syria. Uh, and if there is uh, going to be uh, any confrontation, uh, the, 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 the question will be uh, what would be the position of Russia and the whole thing. Uh, you know, my feeling is that certainly the Russians will give all the political support they can uh, to the Iranian uh, government, uh, particularly at the UN Security Council, and I think their position will also be supported very much by China. Given the differences which have really emerged uh, between Russia and China on one side, and of course the United States on the other. Mm. And do you think that acts as a further deterrent from the US to engage in direct military confrontation? I think uh, the U.S. military would not be very much in favor of a military confrontation. Uh, I think uh, the um, American the Defense Secretary Mattis, uh, the, despite his uh, uh, criticism uh, of Iran and despite his criticism of the, um, the uh, nuclear agreement, uh, has uh, made it really quite uh, clear in a, a congressional hearing uh, that uh, he would uh, uh, see the retention of the agreement in the interest of the United States. Mm -hmm. So I doubted that the American military would be really looking for a military, for a confrontation but on the other hand, the President of the United States is the Commander-in-Chief and if he 
orders uh, uh, military attack on Iran, uh, then I think uh, that is uh, most likely to take place. And so, uh, in the absence of an Iran deal, uh, how likely and how quickly will it be that Iran will be able to gain full nuclear capability? Um, and how important would that actually be in shifting the balance of power um, in the region and increasing their control? Well, the Iranians have made it uh, repeatedly uh, clear that they are not interested in developing uh, military, uh, nuclear military capability. And uh, the Iranian uh, supreme leader has said a number of times uh, that a nuclear bomb is un-Islamic. And also the President Rouhani has uh, uh, um, uh, kept uh, repeatedly uh, asserting uh, that uh, Iran's nuclear program is for peaceful purposes, it's not for military purposes. Uh, but of course, the United States and Israel and, uh, have all, always suspected Iran of having uh, the, the intention of developing a military and uh, nuclear military capability. Uh, and of course, uh, in the past, uh, some of uh, America's European allies shared that suspicion. Uh, but uh, now, those uh, European allies, uh, Britain, France and Germany uh, are absolutely convinced uh, that uh, this uh, agreement, the nuclear agreement of the 2015, has certainly stopped Iran from acquiring a nuclear military capability over a considerable amount of time. And also it, it's giving uh, the uh, uh, other signatories, and particularly the European and American signatories, uh, enough warning time, whereas before that some people had predicted that, that uh, probably the warning time uh, uh, for uh, for Iran to cross the threshold uh, would have been to three months, but now it's been extended to, to a year, you know, sort yeah. of under this agreement. And I think that's another uh, important uh, aspect of uh, uh, that agreement that uh, it needs to be really retained. Right. So the fear of a nuclearized Iran was uh, far greater prior to the creation of this deal. But it still does assuage fears to a large extent. Uh, uh, absolutely, and I, uh, I mean, of course, there is this sunset clause, which is, is uh, 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 makes it valid until uh, two thousand twenty-five. Mm. Uh, uh, but on the other hand, the Iranians have always said uh, that you're not really uh, a, a interested in uh, any military capability uh, in nuclear terms, uh, and uh, uh, Iran uh, at the moment has the know-how uh, then infrastructure uh, and uh, the uh, enrichment capability uh, to be able to uh, uh, cross the threshold and to perhaps weaponize. Um, but uh, I think a deliberate decision has been made uh, by the Iranian leadership not to go down that path, uh, simply mm -hmm. because uh, that if they do, uh, then there is another nuclear power in the region, and that is uh, Israel. And they could easily become uh, at, uh, an Israeli uh, nuclear target. Uh, the, the, that's something that the Iranians really do not want. Um, uh, but that's not to say that uh, if Iran does not push on uh, uh, with its military, uh, with its nuclear program uh, uh, in, uh, very uh, fully and forcefully, uh, you will not be able, uh, will not be in a position uh, in due course uh, to uh, cross the threshold and uh, uh, to produce nuclear bombs. Uh, but that will depend very much uh, on the circumstances in the region and. Uh, uh, at the international level, uh, if, Iran, if Iran's existence 
and the regime's existence is absolutely really threatened by an outside force, uh, the, uh, in due course, uh, the Iranians may, uh, in the circumstances, the regional and international circumstances change, and then there uh, may be uh, uh, the, the, the uh, elements among the Iranian leadership who may uh, find it uh, necessary uh, to um, abandon uh, their opposition uh, to the, uh, the uh, military nuclear capability and uh, uh, opt for that sort of capability. But at this stage, there is uh, no uh, plans on the part of the Iranians to do so. Right, okay. So the fear that um, after the sunset clauses, Iran will then nuclearize, or that Iran has secretly intentions to nuclearize, um, is in contradiction to what we, what we know. But I mean that's, uh, but I mean that's of course the perception on the part of the United States and on the part of the Israelis and uh, some of the other uh, adversarial uh, actors uh, uh, in the uh, in the region. Uh, but uh, uh, again, Iran has made it, uh, uh, it abundantly clear that it uh, uh, its um, uh, pro nuclear program is for peaceful purposes yeah. and not for military purposes. But even uh, uh, by by two thousand twenty five and after that. Iran uh, is most, uh, uh, or they really assured the international community that I Iran uh, is not uh, uh, there to um, uh, go down uh, the military nuclear capability. Yeah. Um, so, sort of coming towards the end of this, um, I know we'll find out soon enough, but given the significant amount of domestic pressure and also international pressure um, on the United States not to withdraw from the agreement, uh, do you think it is likely that they uh, that Donald Trump won't renew, won't renew um, the deal and will reimpose sanctions? I think that's a possibility, but at this point it looks uh, somewhat a remote possibility. Mm -hmm. And we know that uh, the British uh, Boris secretary Johnson, for, uh, yeah. Yeah, Boris Johnson is in Washington right now and trying to really persuade uh, the uh, you know President Trump uh, not to resent the agreement. Uh, but of course, uh, the President Macron of France, and uh, of course, uh, 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 the Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany, they both have failed uh, 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 on this mission. Um, uh, uh, um, my personal feeling is that uh, um, President Trump and his uh, new Secretary of State, uh, who has uh, already uh, supported uh, uh, Israel's uh, verdict on Iranian uh, nuclear capability, uh, uh, paving the way for the, uh, America's withdrawal from this uh, agreement. Uh, but of course, uh, at the same time, President Trump uh, has said that uh, 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 he would be amenable uh, to the idea if uh, the uh, agreement is renegotiated and uh, his concerns are addressed in a renegotiated uh, agreement. Uh, but the, the Iranians have stated that the, uh, the, the agreement is not up for uh, uh, renegotiation at mm -hmm. all and they, they will not be uh, willing to renegotiate any aspect of the agreement. So if renegotiation is impossible... Um, and foreign interference at this point has so far been unable to convince Donald Trump to continue with the agreement. Um, well, the United States and Iran are at loggerheads, and uh, the situation looks uh, really grim at this uh, at this point. Uh, and uh, but uh, let's hope that uh, the level heads will prevail, uh, and uh, therefore I think uh, uh, finally present. Uh, uh, Trump will come back to the realization uh, that uh, uh, you know by withdrawing from the uh, agreement, 
uh, he may cause uh, more problems uh, for the United States than uh, by staying uh, or keeping uh, the uh, agreement in place. Right. Well, on that optimistic note, um, thank you, Amir, for taking the time to speak to me today. It was good to talk to you. Thank um, you. And to listeners of The Beacon, I hope you've enjoyed our conversation today and keep tuning in for more interviews in the future. Thank you.